Good morning, let's stand. Thank you for joining us this morning. For those watching online, we welcome you and we thank you for joining. Um, today is a good day in the Lord. <laughs> thank you, Father God. Let's say our vision. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who will align to the word of God and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Thank you, Father. We have a mighty, mighty God. He is a mighty warrior. Our God is a mighty warrior. He's already won the victory for us. So anything that we're going through today, anything that, anything that is happening in our lives today, we can overcome it with him because he has already overcome it for us. He has won the victory for us. So, Father God, we come boldly into your throne, Lord. We just come into your throne with no fear, Father, because you have not given us a spirit of fear, Father God. You have given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. So we come into your presence, Father God, with a clear mind. We can just yield to your Holy Spirit and just worship you this morning, Father with our heart lord we will give you the best worship this morning father we're just gonna connect to your to you father and just worship you this morning lord and we thank you that we are fearless there's no fear in you lord we are bold in you father god and lord we just praise you this morning and we thank you for fighting every battle for us lord so we don't have to lord we just worship you this morning, Father, and we glorify your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are a mighty warrior. We just worship you, Father.
compares to him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
worship him this morning. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. in our lives, literally. When everything is coming against us, he wonders how in the world can they stand up in church and shout a little louder, praise a little louder, act a fool a little louder. You know, my husband, we were flipping through the TV and my husband likes all kinds of music. And so a band he used to like in the 90s, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were on, okay? And they were doing their California song, you know. And uh, they were doing that, and I was watching the guitarist. Is it Flea, is his name, okay. I was watching him gyrate all over that stage, being filled and under the influence of something or other. There were some substances involved there. 
But no one ever points a finger and says, he is crazy. What's wrong? No, they say, he's feeling that music. Oh, he was feeling it. Ever go to a football game? Hockey game? You see some people acting a fool. We were watching the, the uh, what you call it, soccer. World Cup, is that what it is? We're watching that. Those fans are crazy. <laughs> their faces are all painted with their team. It's like they're down on that field playing that game. Crazy, but no one ever points a finger and says, ooh, they're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over there. What is wrong? But when we do it in church, and when the Holy Spirit, who is all-powerful, he's so powerful that when Jesus was in hell defeating the devil, he then raised him up past this world into heaven. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is, and he's within us. So if he's within us, you know, Flea's got nothing. The influence he's under has nothing on the influence of the Holy Ghost. And I'm under his influence. Amen. I love being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with access. Be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so as we worship and as we praise, it's your time to get filled. I look at it like I'm a cup <laughs> and he's just filling me up, filling me up. And he doesn't just stop when he gets to the top. He keeps going and you go, God, God, you know, we're at the top. Oh, I know. And he keeps just, if you're, in, if you're willing, he's willing. If you're willing to receive it, he's willing to keep pouring it out. So when we sing songs like, I raise a house. Do you realize this song was written just a few years ago and then COVID hit? And then it talks about in the middle of the mystery. It was pretty mysterious what was going on. Then it says, fear, you've lost your hold on me. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I can raise a hallelujah. I can stand no matter what I'm going through and God sees it. He sees your tears in the midnight hour. Why is it always in the midnight hour? He sees it. He sees what you're going through. He knows exactly what it is, and he's touched by that. But you know what will move him? Your faith in him. Your faith in him, standing on the promise that he says, I love you with an unconditional love. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've been, I know what you will become. Because in me, in me, not apart from him, but in him, in him, we have life more abundantly. In him, we get direction. In him, the confusion and the chaos around us starts to quiet down. And in my heart, I can hear him. Do you sense him in this place this morning? Well, guess what? You can sense him every moment of your life. This peace can be with you every moment. I don't know how I would live without Jesus. If I didn't know Jesus right at this very moment, guess what I would do? I would get to know him. <laughs> I would get to know him. Because he already knows me. 
He's seen me. He's heard my prayer. <laughs> oh, he does. <laughs> he does. So let's receive that peace this morning. It's very simple. Just open your mouth and say, Lord, I receive your peace. I understand that it's not like the peace of this world, but it's a divine peace that comes from within, and I receive it right now. Now I receive your joy. Things have been quite unsteady in my life. But I receive joy and strength and stability in the name of Jesus. Receive it this morning. Receive it this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Come on, receive it right where you're standing. Hallelujah.
available to us as we make ourselves available to you. So I thank you, Father, that as we move forward in our service this morning, that you would continue to reveal to us the things that you would have us know to be successful during this very week that we're about to face. No matter what it is that's in front of us, you're already there and you already know the wisdom. You have the know-how. You've got the way out because you are the way maker. And so you have a way out. You have the plan. You have the direction. You have the next step to take. You have the peace to go along with it, the joy. You have the resources, the ideas, the people, the things that we need to be successful this week. So I ask that you would reveal that to us even as we move forward in this service this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and you never leave us or forsake us. And so we lean into you this entire service. We don't unhook from you, but we lean into you in the name of Jesus. Before you're seated this morning, just greet someone on your right and your left. Amen. Glory to God. Tell them it's so nice to see you. Thank you, team. God bless you this morning. It's so very nice to see you. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Welcome this morning. We have a few visitors this morning. I want to officially welcome them this morning. Just put your hands up so everybody sees who you are. We're not going to embarrass you. Just put your hands up. Lord of God. See, he stands. He loves that. <laughs> I love it. God bless you this morning. As uh, Dad always says, you're a visitor one time. After that, you are family. And so welcome this morning. God bless you. If you got a, a packet from the ushers this morning, uh, there's a card in there. If you would complete that, we just want to get to know you more and keep you updated on events that we have. And then uh, we also have a gift for you before you leave. So make sure you give that card to one of the ushers or just drop it in the offering receptacle. And uh, so that way we can get that gift to you. Welcome, Patty, this morning. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, since the anointing is here, would it be okay to do the tithes and offerings right now and then I can do the rest after? Because the anointing is so heavy. <laughs> so we'll start with the tithes and offerings this morning. If anybody needs an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will serve you. And the Lord has given me um, a few things to say this morning about our tithes and offerings. And it's, it's really, um, it's good. <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little, you know, that's better. It's a little different, okay. <laughs> it's a little different than your normal everyday tithes and offering. But this is what he is revealing. He's saying, we stand on Psalm 91, and it says that we who dwell in the shadow of the Most High, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Nope. <laughs> I'm not saying it right. Let me get the book and read it. I had it written down that way. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. We'll start again. <laughs> 
So we start with Psalm 91, and it's just verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then he was also showing me that as we, sh as we stand on the shadow of the Almighty, we go into Ephesians 6.16, and Ephesians 6.16 is where we have our shield of faith. And it says that we have our shield of faith that will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And because of that, the wicked one cannot get to us because we are abiding now in the shadow of the Almighty under Psalm 91. And then he was leading me into also is Romans 12, 2, which it says, now renew your mind. And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And his perfect will to us is that in um, Deuteronomy 8, 18, his perfect word says that, that you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that you may establish his covenant, which is swore to your fathers, and it is this day. So he has given us the power to get the wealth, so that as we stand under the shadow of the Almighty, that we will be able to understand and renew our minds on the word that it says on how we must bless and use tithes and offerings in order for us to receive our blessings. So with that, we can now say our confession of faith. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out because we are sowers. We are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs, or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. <laughs> Now please bring your ties up to the uh, front. While they're doing that, I'm going to give a quarterly report today on the finances of our church. And right now, the loan on our roof is about halfway paid off. Yes, yep. The, 
because now we, the balance of the roof loan is $25,945. So we're just about halfway to finalize this roof. And this is July, so maybe between now and the end of the year, it will be a zero balance, you know? And also at the close of the quarter, the end of June, we have also have a net income of all our expenses after they are all paid. Once all the expenses of all the bills and everything that's been taken care of to run this church, we have now $13,385, which is a 3% increase compared to last quarter, even last year. <laughs> so we're, we're on the up, we're doing well, we're on the upswing. And half that money, well, not half, some of that money that came in, as you know, we sold the van. And we sold the van because expenses, registrations, insurances, and we really weren't putting it to use. Plus, it was 2004. It was going to be needing more repairs and stuff. So after we weighed out all the expenses, it was easy to let it go. And we actually received $3,500 from the person who bought it. This woman bought it because she has a, I think it was a daycare or something that she needed it for. So that worked out really well. So that, that worked out. And then um, also, um, because of that, this church is being blessed. We do give our tithes and offerings to Rama Bible School. We also do a monthly to Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and we have our missions that we also support. So with that is blessing, they can see the blessing that's coming through because things are getting paid off. We're doing other things in the church. The money is starting to come in on our, our uh, net income. So that is really good. Now we have some wonderful announcements to make of things coming up. So now you all know Wednesday, July 21st, Gary Knese will be here at 7 p.m. So he'll be here for us. Now. Also, he's going to send his team in that when he's done with his uh, program that they're going to meet with us as church members, right? And that will be from August 8th to the 11th, that uh, Sunday through Thursday, I believe it is. So they'll be here, the team. They will start to make appointments with us so that we can sit down, go through finances with them. They can show us what we need to do, how to rearrange things, and they'll take it from there, the team. Now the next thing will be on August the 15th. We are going to have a water baptism. Anybody who would like to be baptized in the spirit, we're going to Pierce's Beach in Somerset, Mass, and wear some old clothes, some old sneakers or something because you're going in the water and you're gonna be baptized. Not a ties, and we're gonna hope it's a nice day, not any more rain or anything. You know, we'll have a nice day. And then finally, at the end of August, August 29th, we have Ray Jean Wilson who will be visiting with us. Yes. And at the end of that day, after service, we are having a family barbecue here with everybody, with the church family. And it will all be set up outside. So bring, huh? Catered, and it's catered, it's a catered affair. <laughs> it's a catered affair, it's all barbecue, and uh, the name of the company is called Gutta Q. They're out of Cumberland, Rhode Island, and they're very well, they, everybody loves their food, so they're coming, they're coming down to take care of us. 
So we're going to have a, so for the end of the summer, because the following weekend is Labor Day weekend. So with that last weekend of August, it will be good. So hopefully again, beautiful weather, no more rain, not too hot and humid. And uh, <laughs> so we should have a good time. It will be, be a lot of fun. So it'll be after service on the 29th. So mark these, these things down. This is a busy month of August, but, and then as the next month comes, we'll go on to the next, but right now this is August, and we'll go on to the next things after that. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Hallelujah, we've got things that are happening, amen? Aren't you glad? I just wanna add my two cents for what it's worth. Um, about Gary Cassie, I'm gonna put this here so we don't have an accident. Uh, he is coming to do the financial revolution with us. And uh, I highly, I, I would love to see, uh, let me put it this way, and this I'm doing by the direction of the Lord. I would love to see everybody there, but I expect to see my leadership and I would love to see our members there as well. Amen. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, this is an opportunity for us that we've never had and it's what we've been praying for it's the start of what we've been believing for i'll just leave it at that and so i expect to see my leadership team there and i would love to see everybody there and you can bring family you can bring friends this is an opportunity uh, for us to get out of debt and this includes your mortgage if you have bills if bills are weighing you down and you have some financial debt this is your opportunity they'll meet with you the week of august They'll sit, they'll go through your finances with no judging, no judging here. Oh, you shouldn't use cards or this, no judging. And they will sit with you and give you a plan to get out of debt within five to seven years. Many thousands of testimonies of people who have gotten out of debt, some in three years. And this includes your mortgage, you know, your 30 year mortgage, 15 year mortgage. Yeah, this includes it all. And you don't have to suffer while you do this. You know how sometimes we say, oh, I know, I gotta, yeah, it takes discipline, but it's not suffering. And so they're not gonna tell you to starve for three days and then, you know, a week and then, no, this is gonna be enjoyable while you do it, okay? And then also, it's not just for finances, but Pastor's message, Gary Cassie's message on Wednesday is going to be uh, how to access anything you need from God. You need uh, marriage restoration. You need uh, restoration maybe with your kids. You need uh, healing in your body. Maybe mental, some issues going on there. Uh, Pastor Gary uh, had uh, lots of anxiety. He was on many antidepressants and he was because he was under so much pressure. And so he got out of debt and then God directed him to help other people get out of debt because that was the pressure he had at the time. How am I going to feed my kids? <laughs> you know, they eat a lot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then God has just showed him through, he's a hunter. So he's a very practical guy. I don't speak the hunting language. He loves hunting, bow hunting, deer hunting. And he mentions that in every service you, you hear of him. And maybe that resonates with you, does not with me. <laughs> but other things he says does resonate with me. But that's how God showed him because that's what he loves to do. And there's an anointing on him. And God showed him how to get a deer every deer season within 45 minutes. And he gets it every year. Every year he gets his game and then, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't do hunting, but praise God for that. And he can do what, what is your thing? What's your thing? He can show you how to excel and prosper in that, okay? 
So I, I expect to see uh, leadership here, and I'd love to see everyone here, those watching online. We are not on Facebook this morning, so when you go home and you try to look for us on Facebook, Facebook and us are not getting along right now. But we are on our website, uh, FH. We have a new website, as a matter of fact, FHFCMA.com. So Father's House Family Church, the acronym for that, MA for Massachusetts.com. So FHFCMA, that aligns with all our social media pages. Go on there, uh, we'll be updating it. We are live on that site. We are also live on YouTube. So thank you for those who joined us this morning. We apologize for not being on Facebook. I know that's where we do more talking to each other, uh, but uh, we can get on. You can chat in the YouTube box as well. If you wanna get on and let us know you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Praise the Lord. So we've been talking about the gifts, uh, the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Bless the Lord. This is part two of this series. And it's a very timely series. I'm hearing a lot of ministers that I talk to or that I learn from uh, talk on this subject. And uh, I've been instructed by the Lord to teach that. Now, sometimes we as pastors will have just a, a knowing in our hearts, okay, this is the direction I'm supposed to go. But then sometimes it's even bigger on the inside and it's instruction from the Lord. And that's what this is. And we know when we obey God, then there is blessing. And so that's what we're doing. And when we don't do it in ourselves, we do it with the Holy Spirit. He always helps us. Amen. And so, Father, I thank you for your help this morning. I thank you for the ultimate teacher, the greatest teacher I have ever met, and that is the Holy Spirit. The teachers that I've had in my life cannot compare to you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for teaching me, showing me the things that Jesus said, bringing those things back to our remembrance, and then showing us things that are to come. I appreciate your ministry here on this earth. And I don't take you for granted. And so this morning, help me, Holy Spirit, to say what you desire for me to say. Think through my mind and speak through these lips. I consecrate myself to you, and I thank you for your anointing that's within me. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, if you've, again, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the second work of grace. Now, if you receive the first work of grace, that is when you said, Jesus, I received you, come into my heart, make me a brand new person, whatever you prayed. Some people just said, Jesus, I need you. Take my life, do something with it. Whatever it is, that's the first work of grace that Jesus accomplished for us. The second work of grace is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see it in Acts chapter 2. Actually, we see it a little before then. But in Acts chapter 2, we see where the Spirit is in that upper room. And what that is, is an empowerment from the Holy Spirit, not just within, but upon. And it gives you a boldness like you never had before. Some people say, oh, wow, you're really bold when you speak. How do you do that? Da, 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 you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is my testimony relying on him as a praise and worship leader and z can attest to this Ooh, we learn to rely on the holy spirit we learn to rely on him we study to show ourselves approved in in rhema they told us when we went to bible school they told us study like there is no holy spirit and then preach like that's all there is because it's about him why 
because he will help you in ways that you, your limited brain here, and I got a limited brain. I know I don't use my brain to full capacity. That must frustrate some people, probably my husband. <laughs> but you know, we don't. We only use, it's such a small percentage of our brain that we use. Small, tiny percentage of our brain. I don't even think it's 50%. It's like 10 or something. Oh, Lord, help us. Yet, we have the Holy Spirit who kind of helps us make up for that sometimes. <laughs> I thank him because he brings an understanding that far supersedes what's going on in our, in our natural realm. And so we tap into him. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that second work of grace, is evidenced by something that we call tongues, speaking in tongues. Now, in some churches, it's frowned upon. Uh, some denominations, they think, again, I go back to the flea with his guitar playing and his gyrating and all that. It's okay for him to do that and shout and do all that. But in church, it seems like we're just supposed to sit here and do this, you know. And God forbid we speak in this unknown tongue. Well, the reason why there's so much mis... Uh, there's a bad taste about it is because there's no teaching or it was misused or it's overused. <coughs> and I even got to a point where I'm like, oh, Lord, they're on this side of the ditch, so let's not speak at all, you know. And so, but there is a middle of the road, as Brother Hagin always said. Don't get on one side of the ditch or on the other. Stay in the middle of the road, and there's a use for it. And God uses it, and I don't know how I would get through the time that we're living in without tongues. This morning, I sat on my chair downstairs for about 20 minutes before I started getting ready. And all I did was pray in the Spirit. Why? Because I know God needs to speak to people, but I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't live with you. I don't know some of you well. But guess who does? He does. And so I said, Lord, I just want to be obedient and be a vessel. So as I sit here and pray in the Spirit, help me to say the things that people can connect with that they need to know in their lives, things that you are concerned about for them. And that's what he does. That's how we minister. And without tongues, I don't know how I, I, we could do this and, and be successful. And so if you haven't uh, received that uh, gift, you can. And we could get into that uh, more uh, in depth. Uh, we did talk about that a little bit on May the 23rd. You can go back and watch that service. Uh, but that was Pentecost Sunday. I also have a little book if you want it. Now, the ability to speak in that language or heavenly language, it comes up from your spirit and bypasses your carnal mind. And that is epic. And do you know there's scientific proof of this? I'll read it to you. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the thinking willful part of the brain through which people control what they do, were relatively quiet, as were the language centers. The regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active. The amazing thing was how the images supported people's interpretation of what was happening, said Dr. Andrew Newberg, who was the lead on this study. They add that contrary to what may be a common perception, 
and that perception is that we are all crazy. Those who speak in tongues, studies suggest, rarely suffer with mental problems. Isn't that interesting? A study done. How important it is. Miss Donna Morgan, who was a co-author of the study, was also a research subject. She is a born-again Christian who says she considers the ability to speak in tongues a gift, and we do as well. You're aware of, listen to how she puts it, you're aware of your surroundings, she said. You're not really out of control, but you have no, no control over what's happening. You're just flowing. I love how she interpreted that. You're just flowing. You're in a realm of peace and comfort, and it's a fantastic feeling. I have to agree with Miss Donna Morgan. There have been instances in my life where I felt like I was going to absolutely lose it. Like if one more shoe dropped, you know what I mean? One more thing came my way, I was headed for a nervous breakdown. Ever been there? I've been there where you sit and you just, you want to scream, you don't, you don't know what to do, and screaming feels really good sometimes. I mean, at the top of your lungs. I mean, ever done that? Oh, I've been in the car, ask Garrett. Oh, <laughs> I thought the person driving up next to us was going to call the cops. I mean, it felt so good, though, just to just scream. But that shows you where I was. It was I was at a breaking point. Things were here. And I was like, I can't take any more. And so I just screamed at the top of my lungs. But then when I settled down, because that was my craziness, when I settled down, there have been instances where I'll just go and I'll just sit down. And I may look like a crazy person, but I don't care. It works for me. I'll just sit and hold myself. And I'll just ondo broste lame brandom brandeste ke imbre simandrobovo shalambre grandom mozenda mambrenda grandange le reste brinda manzola braste grace 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 manso lo brande mavresha mandrena zende mandrobovosha glory to God glory to God. And I'll begin to pray in the spirit. It's a language that bypasses the craziness that I'm going through in my mind. And I don't think about anything. Nothing. And you can do that. That's why tongues is good, because you can shut off the thinking part of your mind. And the thinking part of our mind is what gets us in trouble. The battlefield is in our mind. That's where the devil comes to first. So I just sit and I don't care, I may even start rocking because, you know, I'm a music person so I tend to, even if you sit behind me in service, you're like, she okay? I'm rocking this way or that way. And they're like, but he does that too, so that's okay. So uh, the, um, when you send up a distress call, pray in the spirit, send up that distress call, the Holy Spirit's so gracious. And he comes down there into the ditch where you are. He doesn't just stand up over the ditch and go, here you go, come on, come on, come on, come to me. No, he gets down right beside you and helps you out 
of the ditch. That's what the, it says he takes hold together with against. If I said, I need some guys to come and help me move this, help me. Now, I got to do some work too. I don't just stand here and go, okay, go ahead. No, I got to do something. When, he, when I do that, he takes hold together. You, we all take it and we all move it together. He helps us. He's not just standing there, go ahead. No, he helps us do it. He helps us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so we're talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And the reason I talk about tongues is because that's the doorway, we said. Remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to understand the things of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and his gifts. We must do so by the Spirit, by our spirit. We must. You cannot try to understand God with your mind. And I know we've got a lot of analytical people. I'm, I'm the most logical person you've ever met. My son is too. We're just all about forget trying to analyze. We are logical. And so uh, if it doesn't make sense, I'm like, eh, throw it out. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, I can't think through here. I need to just think through. That's why we're a spirit first. You got to understand you are not seeing the real me today. You are seeing the vehicle in which my spirit travels in this world. The real me is on the inside. The real you is on the inside because you are a spirit first, just like God is a spirit. That's why our life doesn't end when we die. Doesn't end. We go back to where we originated from. If we're in Jesus, heaven is our home. So we're learning about the Holy Spirit and his gifts in this series. And the questions we're going to answer is, why did God give his church the gifts of the Spirit? What are these gifts? How do each of them manifest? And why do we need to make room and space for them to operate? Why? Why do we even need them? And so we're going to keep it simple. As I said, a lot of times the reason why we don't keep it simple is because we don't understand it ourselves. You can't make it clear for someone if it's not clear for you. Last week I read the prophecy and the reason why God mandated us to do this and the end of it says it's time to start preaching the gifts of the Holy Spirit particularly the power gifts the gifts of healing the working of miracles and the gift of faith or special faith. And so we're going to touch on all of these gifts there are nine and we will touch on each of them we'll take the time and do that. We said last week that we, this local church, members of the body of Christ, have been given the Holy Spirit and his gifts. The Holy Spirit is loaded with spiritual gifts and he wants to manifest them in and through the local church. That's you and me. Whether in the body, inside of this building, or outside, we're the church. We also said that the second work of grace, as I just said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is referred to as the door to the supernatural. I've got to have that first, and then it gets me in that door. And on the other side of that door, oh my, oh my. But to understand what's on the other side of the door, got to do that first thing first. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at our foundation passage this morning quickly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 14, it says, 
Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one says that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He's the one that helped you proclaim that Jesus is Lord and receive him. The Holy Spirit did. There are no diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I mean, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one. Why? Why is that? To profit, for the profit of all. For to no one is given the word of wisdom. <laughs> to no one. I don't know why I keep saying to no one. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Here's the gifts we're talking about. To another, gifts, notice, plural, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Twelve, for as the body is one, that's you and I, and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Aren't you glad? For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Glory to God. This verse is powerful, and we'll break it down. We won't get into this verse today, but we'll get into it next week. We talked about a little bit about how denominations uh, last week uh, kind of frown upon uh, these and they say that the gifts of the spirit were for the old church, you know, the early church, but they've passed away. Uh, but we'll address that as well. We'll address that. But I'm going to tell you right now, it hasn't passed away. It's more for today than it's ever been. We would not be able to get through the time that we're in and the days that are ahead of us without these gifts. In our foundation scripture, Paul is writing to the early church at Corinth. It's a place, Corinth. And the first thing he tells the church is that they should not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. To be ignorant is, means to some people say to be ignorant is stupid. But it means to lack knowledge. Now you could be stupid in a certain area, I guess, I guess. <laughs> But it's to lack knowledge. It's just to lack knowledge or awareness of something. It's to lack knowledge or awareness. And we sure see a lot of ignorance around the gifts uh, of, on this subject. So the first step to not being ignorant is getting some knowledge, right? That, that, that's what we should get. So I want to give you a little background in just a few minutes that we have left just to better understand some history about the church at Corinth. Uh, it's good to know a little bit about these things so you know what Paul is referring to. And do you notice in verse 2, he indicated that they used to worship 
idols. Remember, it says, you were led away to these dumb idols, just doing whatever you kind of wanted to. So Corinth, it, it's in, in the time of Rome, it was a very old city that rebelled against the authority of Rome. So this is where Corinth, this is the place we're talking about. And they attacked the city of Corinth in 146 BC. And it laid in ruins and was uninhabited for a time. But then in 44 BC, Julius Caesar decided he wanted to go ahead and fix up the city for certain reasons because of where it was located. Now I got to read this part because I am new geography buff here. It served as a land bridge linking central and southern Greece. And it was between two ports on the west side. I can't even go on the west side because I don't even know if that's west. Is that west? I don't know where we're at. West side. Thank you. You make me look smart. On the west side, it received ships from Rome. And on the east, there you go. I'm a quick learner. <laughs> North is that way, and south is that way. There's your, woo, glory to God. Now west, it's okay. All right. All right, so, and on the east, ships from Asia and beyond. So there's our geography lesson, okay? So the main reason he wanted to rebuild this place was because of where it was located. He wanted to make it like the pearl over here of Rome, right? So, of course, no one wanted to go there, nobody. Because it laid in ruins, it wasn't uninhabited, it, nobody wanted to go. So what he did is he offered some of the uh, Roman soldiers and some of the poor free land. And he told them, you can be the founding fathers of Corinth. And you can, uh, you know, as you could be, make the rules and all of that stuff. And he even freed some slaves. And if they promised to help rebuild it, he promised them some land. And that's a big thing for the slaves back in that time. So uh, if you know anything about this area in this time period, they had a ton of gods and goddesses, lowercase g. And Julius Caesar himself believed that he was a descendant of the Greek goddess Aphrodite. Ever hear that goddess? Now let me tell you what they say she stands for. She was the Greek goddess associated with love, beauty, pleasure, passion, and procreation. Sounds very pious and wonderful, doesn't it? But in reality, whenever the devil is a part of something, that is not the whole picture. Aphrodite was the goddess of sex and prostitutes. And Caesar dedicated the new city of Corinth to her. This is the city of Corinth, where the church of Corinth that Paul preached to. Now we see why he was so frustrated. Well, we were frustrated when we were reading through the book of Corinthians going, what's wrong with this church? This is them. This is the province of Corinth. So the sex industry was thriving in the new city of Corinth. And remember, there were two ports. And so people were coming in from all over. It made it very easy. They were also known for their use of excessive use of alcohol. In fact, if you knew a drunk in Rome, you would be like, that's a Corinth. That's what they were called. Oh, you must be a Corinth if you were a drunk. That's how bad it was, the city of Corinth. 
And so they were also very competitive, extremely competitive. They had the Pan-Hellenic Games, and they always did those in honor of certain gods. And so Corinth was, you know, had all these things going on in there, and Paul was brave enough to start a church. I bet you missionaries in those days prayed, Lord, send me anywhere but Corinth. <laughs> I bet you. Because they were a rough group. And they were very blunt, the people of Corinth. That's why Paul was very forthright within. When he wrote through the book, of, remember the things that he had to talk to them about. They were doing some crazy things. And so Paul had to really talk to them and show them some things that they were doing. Uh, and they had uh, racing, boxing, wrestling, all of that stuff in there. And they were like fight to the death. You know, it wasn't, okay, he won the battle, so he'll fight this person next week. You know, and this person that lost will fight the loser of it. No, that person's dead. <laughs> they don't know, they no longer exist. And they might even kill their families too because they're weak. And so uh, Paul, this is what he was referring to in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when he said, you were carried away to these dumb idols. Do you know Tony Cook uh, a few weeks ago when I was at the conference, he talked about the persecution that, you know, we say we're facing now because someone doesn't like what we said on Facebook, you know, that persecution, great persecution. He said, well, you've not seen persecution. He said, and they were not persecuted because they loved Jesus and served him back in the day. That's not why they were persecuted. He said, in those days, every family had a deity that they worshipped, a god, lowercase g, or a goddess. I, if I was a family in those days in Rome, I, our family had this god, this was ours, and then this was their god, and then this was their god, and then mine would have been Jesus. They don't care. They could care less if you served and had Jesus as the deity for your family. What concerned them, and when persecution came, was that you didn't accept their god. It wasn't that you accepted Jesus. It was that you didn't accept theirs. And the problem with that was when there was an earthquake or any type of problem in the universe, they said the gods were mad. And why were the gods mad? Because that family was not serving or, or honoring their deity. So see, the persecution wasn't because I love Jesus. No, it's because they weren't doing what everybody else was doing. Does that sound familiar? That's what persecution is. It's not so much we hate your Jesus. It's how come you don't like what we do or you don't like what we do. That's where the persecution comes in. And so in Corinth, there was a lot of that. So um, he told them, look at 1 Corinthians. This is just a very encouraging verse to leave off with. Uh, verse six, uh, chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. What a wonderful congregation he had there in Corinth. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit 
of our God. Is that your testimony this morning? I know I fit into some of those things that he was saying. I may not have been an extortioner. If I was, I didn't know it because I didn't get rich by it. But I might, I might have not been one of those, but I sure fit in that category somewhere. We all did. But thank God we were justified. Amen? We were sanctified. We were redeemed. And we were justified and saved and washed by the blood of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So he's talking to the church at Corinth. And this is who they were before they received that provision of salvation and being filled with the Spirit. And so a lot of people would say that the gifts of the Spirit in the church in Corinth led to their carnality. Do you see how deceived they are? That a lot of churches will say that. They were carnal because they had the gifts of the Spirit. No, no. That carnality was there. And that's one of the things that the gifts of the Spirit does. That's why a lot of churches don't want to move in the gifts of the Spirit because it reveals the carnality that's there. It separates you from that very quickly. And so that's why the Corinth church was one of the churches that moved in the gifts of the Spirit far more than any of the other churches, even the Ephesus church. And the Ephesus church was, woo, we want to be like that church. The, Cor the church in Corinth had more moves of the gifts of the Spirit. They saw the Spirit move more than any other church. Thank God that he does not discriminate against us and hold our sins against us. Thank God that even with all the craziness and the filth and the things that were going on that Paul had to constantly correct, the Spirit of God still freely moved Amen. in their midst and they had the gifts of the Spirit working. Thank God. Hallelujah. Uh, that gives me hope. Doesn't it give you hope? We ain't as bad as the church in Corinth. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> You're not a Corinth, are you? <laughs> you know, uh, and so, you know, it's not that we uh, are perfect by any means. No. If you're looking for a perfect church, keep looking. Because this girl right here ain't perfect, has not been perfect. But we thank God for his mercy and his grace. Amen. We thank God for it. So, some think the church at Corinth was more carnal than other churches. But when you have the gifts of the Spirit operating powerfully in the church like they did, it exposes sin and carnality. And so you could get rid of it. That's why, it, not to embarrass people and stuff, it exposes it so we could get rid of it and clean it up. Amen? So now we see why Paul had to keep correcting, correcting. And I think when we were reading through that, we're like, what is wrong with these people? They're doing this again, you know, when we were reading through the Bible together. We're going to see that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are vital for the fullness of Christ to operate in the church. The church loses our effectiveness when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are absent. We lose our effectiveness. That's why a lot of churches have lost their effectiveness. And so we're not going to do that. Amen? We resort to human effort and talents, and that limits us when we don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Sin also tends to stay hidden in a church when they lack the operation 
of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I remember there are times in our services, we've had a number, of I mean, we, we allow the gifts of the Spirit to move and we're going to see more of it. But there's been time in our services where, you know, we did praise. When I was standing up there, the team will remember. We're up there all having a beautiful time of worship, and mom comes. And so I know mom, so I know when the eyes are looking. And I'm like, oh, mom's got a word. Here you go. I give her my mic, and then I stand back. And now I got to face everybody. Everybody else could do this, you know. And I'm in front of everybody just standing there, and the team is standing there, and we're like, okay, what's going to come? And then she starts maybe a tongue, but it's not just a normal tongue. You can hear correction all in that tongue. <laughs> it's more like a zombrone, and I'm like, <laughs> what is this interpretation going to be? And so then the interpretation would come, and sometimes it was strong, wasn't it? Those that have been in the church, some of it was very strong. Because we love them. Thus says the Lord, you will prosper in all you do. Just follow me. We love those. Or you have sickness in your body. Your leg is hurting. God's healing. We love that. But the you better fix your life and get it right. That we're like, oh. <laughs> I don't know if I like that so much. <laughs> but that's what would happen. But you know what? Maybe the congregation didn't know it, but a few weeks later, someone would come up to mom and be like, that word was for me. And if I didn't get my life straight, I probably wouldn't be alive right now. You know, or the things that she said, they'd be like, that was me, depression, or whatever it was, whatever it was. See, because the gifts of the spirit, there, there's, there's reasons for it, edification. We learned the other night, edification is not just building up, but it's teaching and instruction. It's teaching and instruction. And the Holy Spirit is so good at doing that. He'll help us through that. And so I thank God that we've had the gifts of the Spirit move, and we allow him to do that. And we're going to see him move even more the more we talk about it and the, the way we, when we make space for him. Now, one thing we will not do is we will not pretend. And we will not say, oh, he's doing this every week, every week, every week. Then that's how you get into error. And that's how you get into familiar spirits. And we'll not do that. I'll tell you right now as a pastor, we'll, not, we'll shut that off as quick as we can. We'll not do that. Because you won't be blessed by that. And it will just be us in our human effort trying to repeat. The service was so good last week. She had a word. I bet she has another one. What do you got? Then she's searching in her... Uh, I believe that that's what's been happening in churches all across America. And we lose our effectiveness because we do it in and of ourselves. But I thank God for the Spirit of God who's correcting us. I thank God for the Spirit of God who's going to keep us in the right path. We've been in services where people will say, you need to sell your vehicle. And the person's like, I do? If you're saying, I do... It's not confirming what's already in your heart. Newsflash, don't do it, because guess what? You're going to be walking for a long time, asking rides from people for a long time. Some people have lost their marriages because words were spoken over them, and they made the wrong move, and now they're separated, lost their marriage. There have been people who got sick because they've done some things and fear was put into their heart by the word of the Lord. 
quote unquote. And now they got into fear and got sick and died some, lost their ministries. That's, that's the error that we get into and that's why a lot of churches just stay away from it. Let's just not have it at all so we don't have to deal with that. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to hide the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to welcome Him and we're going to ask Him, the greatest teacher, to teach us how He moves, how He does it, and it will be a blessing to us. Amen? Even if it's correction, it will be a blessing to us. Amen? Glory to God. Let's stand together. I went a little bit more than I should have, but I didn't want to close on that scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. I thank you that he is always with us. And even as we leave here, Holy Spirit, continue to reveal yourself to us, how you work, how you operate, so we can learn how to work in cooperation with you, in partnership with you. We don't want to work apart from you, but we want to stay in step with you every moment of our lives. And you said it's possible. We have that ability. God's given us that ability. And so, Father, I thank you for every person here. You see their coming. You see their going. As we go today, I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your love, your grace, your peace that goes with them. I thank you, Father, for your favor that surrounds them like a shield. Even changing policies, rules, regulations, and governments on their behalf this week. The things that they need to do, you see it, and you empower them, empower them to do it successfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Hallelujah. You are dismissed. Hallelujah.